Hello and welcome to CJSW Age-Friendly Programming, broadcasting on 90.9 FM in Calgary and on Treaty 7 and Region 3 territory. Our program is called Age to Perfection and Old Enough to Know Better. I'm Linda Rainey. And I'm Kathy Burrell. On the program today, we have in studio Jillian Ranson. Jillian is a former, former journalist, professor, and author. She holds a PhD in sociology and taught for many years at the University of Calgary. Now retired, Jillian is embarking on a new project called Boomers Growing Older. A boomer herself, Jillian is here to explain her project. Welcome to the program, Jillian. Thank you for having me, Kathy. So, Jillian, can you explain how this project came about? Sure. Well, uh, part of the reason was personal, of course. As you mentioned, I am a front wave baby boomer. And what that means is that I'm at the front wave of this enormous cohort of people who are going to be entering what I'm calling very old age in the next five, ten years or so. Uh, so I was really interested uh, in, in what that might look like, where people at my life stage kind of might be at and how they might be thinking ahead. So that was a really big piece that got me going. It's so interesting. Uh, Linda and I come across this quite a bit in our uh, program, how people just somehow don't want to talk about aging. But we find that when they do, it's so interesting because everybody does it different. Yeah. So as no stranger to research in your work as a professor of sociology, do you have an idea what questions your research will address? Well... (laughs) What, what I'm doing, I, I've never felt that I can, you know, sort of give advice. Um, what I hope I'm doing is giving information that people can think about. Um, and it does speak to the, the, the question of thinking ahead, which, as you say, people are sometimes a bit reluctant to do. Um, and I think it has to do also with uh, looking around at where we are at now and the sorts of plans we might need to make in order to move ahead. So, you know, if, if I can give some ideas and tell some stories, and actually there are lots of wonderful stories that are coming out of this project, I think that will give people some food for thought. And I think food for thought is really what I'm about. Mm. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And I think as we age, we too don't speak as much about how we are. Uh, There's all these societal sort of stigmas about, oh, don't ask me how I am. I'll have to actually tell you the truth and say (laughs) my knee hurts today or (laughs) my back is a little sore. But, you know, it happens to the best of us. We're all growing older every day. So as you well know. Yeah. So, uh, when you've compiled your research, uh, do you believe this research will benefit boomers and their families? And uh, I don't exactly know if you know how exactly, mm. but if just some thoughts on that. Mm. Well, I mean, I hope it will. Like I said, the sort of the food for thought. So um, the, the outcome, the product of all of this is going to be a book, um, which will be uh, not an academic book, although uh, it's, I have a contract with an academic press, uh, <laughs> but they uh, also have a means to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, publish material that is for a general audience, and that's very much what I want. So I'm hoping that the book will be read. Um, I'm debating starting a blog on the project's website 
that will kind of, you know, on an ongoing basis, give people a bit of information too. So those are the things I'm thinking about. But the, you know, the final product will be a book. Hmm, that's wonderful. And so currently, Jillian, you have a website, and it's called uh, boomersgettingolder.com. Yes, nothing like having a website title that says it all. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So can you tell um, us how someone would get involved in your project? I assume you're asking for volunteers to speak to you. Um, I've been very lucky and very grateful and feel very privileged in that an awful lot of people have actually been in touch already. So uh, so I have lots and lots of wonderful information and some wonderful stories. Um, there's a lot of diversity too in terms of the people who have responded and I'm, I'm grateful for that as well because I do want um, a wide range of voices to be represented. The people that I would love to hear more from are people from uh, uh, a variety of racial and cultural ethnic backgrounds, Indigenous seniors I would love to hear from. So those are some of the people I would it would be great to hear from. Um, Anybody who is interested, of course, is very welcome to get in touch. I I love having conversations with people. So, you know, that's also a possibility. Well, that's wonderful. Um, Just to give you a little bit more information on Gillian's uh, website, it's called uh, boomersgettingolder.com. And uh, the front page of her website um, has a little paragraph that explains everything. Uh, If you're a so-called baby boomer born sometime between the mid-1940s and the mid-1960s, you'll know that you're in good company. Boomers now represent the largest age grouping in the population in Canada and in many other industrial countries. But it's not just their numbers that are significant, it's how old they are. Those at the front end of the baby boom are now entering their 70s. This is significant because because before too long, they're going to be headed into very old age. What life is like now for those front-end boomers and what it might become are issues of concern to all of us. That's what this project is all about. And today we've been talking to Gillian Ransom on her fabulous uh, project called Boomers Getting Older. And if you want to get involved in the project, go to the website or you can email Gillian directly. And that uh, email is on the website. Is that correct? All right. Thank you very much, Jillian, and best of luck with the research. Thank you very much, Kathy. For some, retirement planning is easy. For others, maybe some coaching or guidelines would be helpful. I read a very interesting book a few years ago while I was still in the workforce and just starting to think about my own retirement. The book I'm referring to is Retire to the Life You Love, written by local author Nell Smith a book that invites you to embrace your future from the inside out. Through its practical tools and real-life examples, you gain clarity and confidence to be the unique individual you are and to do what is most important and joyful to you. This book is a work of wisdom inspired by the author's more than 25 years of experience facilitating the career transitions of thousands of men and women. As the book's publisher, Denise Hughes, stated in the foreword, Nell's approach will help you explore what you are retiring to, because often retirement is seen as retiring from a position in the workforce. Welcome to the program, Nell. Oh, thank you, Linda. It's my pleasure to be here. Tell us about yourself and what inspired you to write this book. 
Well, I finished writing this book about five years ago when I was 74, and it was the culmination of all the work I'd been privileged to do for over 25 years. As you said in the introduction, you know, I'd been designing and facilitating workshops for adults who were looking at career transition, new directions, and also for people who were sort of looking at you know, what's next for me when I leave my primary work role. And so um, I designed the workshop, and um, and so it's really um, <laughs> what the book is. It's my workshop on paper. I see. I understand your husband, Tom, was your first client in your Retire to the Life You Design workshop. How did that come about, and how did your own career evolve from that first workshop? Well, what happened was when I was doing all my career planning workshops and career transitions with adults, um, oh, a few years in, I read this wonderful book called Age Wave, The Challenges and Opportunities of an Aging America by Ken Deitwald. And all the light bulbs went on for me because I thought, oh, this is what I need to be doing, um, you know, working with this population of boomers who are aging and looking at what's next, and it's totally in line with what I'm doing. So when my husband was leaving his primary work role, and he wasn't ready to retire in the old sense of, you know, the old meaning of retirement, and wasn't sure what on earth he might do, I thought, okay, this is my time to develop a workshop that will help him and many others like him. And so I did, and I publicized it, and um, people signed up, and I did the first workshop. And he was, yeah, he was one of those first 10 people, and he chose then to become a mediator, which he is after all these years, like 20-some years, he's still a mediator. And so how my my, um, work evolved from there, I started to be approached by other people and asked to... uh, proposed workshops for people like TELUS when TELUS AGT became TELUS and I did it for um, universities and government offices and I had a long-term contract with the provincial government where I did my workshops for all the uh, provincial government employees in Alberta. And um, then all kinds of my colleagues said, oh, I like what you're doing. I want to do it too. Can you train me? So then I (laughs) developed a training workshop where I trained others to do this as well. So it's really evolved. And now I'm at the stage where I'm one year away from being 80. I don't do the workshops anymore myself, but um, I thought I'll, I'll write a book and then it will be there for anyone. They don't have to attend a workshop. What a very interesting career you've had now, and, and you've had the opportunity to mentor and inspire so many people. That's, that's just absolutely amazing. It was a real privilege. I just loved everything about it. I'm sure. Can you tell our listeners about the six circles of life and what it represents? Well, that came to me after doing the workshops for a number of years. I thought, I need some kind of... Because my workshops were a whole life. It wasn't it wasn't financial planning at all. It was, what am I going to do with my life and what's meaningful to me now? 
And I needed some kind of a, a model that conceptualized and, and was a visual representation of, of those, that concept of the whole life. And, you know, I, I muddled that around my head for a while, and then I had a hemorrhagic stroke in 2008. And at that point, I had to take a little pause and took a leave of absence from a few things. And at that point, I just, uh, you know, when I was in that break, I got this great insight to to make a model called the Six Circles of Life which starts from the inside. So there's a center circle and five outer circles. The center circle is who we are. You know, our values, our interests, our skills, personality, all those kinds of things. And from that, we can choose what we want to do, how we want to express it, in either through work, through learning, through leisure, through wellness choices, through just being. And so that's the six circles. They overlap. They're not exactly, nothing about it is linear. It's all right brain. Um, And it is um, just, um, it's been, it's the basis of my book. There's a chapter in each of those circles. So the six circles, besides the center from which everything radiates, are learning, leisure, work, um, wellness and um and and just being yeah i really found that all those chapters really really interesting you also wrote another chapter um about uh, personality temperaments categorized by colors uh such as organized gold resourceful orange inquiring green and authentic blue can you tell us briefly about some of the characteristics that define each color and help identify a reader's personality? Well, I, I didn't develop that tool myself. I mean, I was part of a team that uh, developed the Retirement Dimensions tool, which is an application tool of personality dimensions, which is based on temperament theory, which is, correlates with the Myers-Briggs type indicator. So I was trained in, in the Myers-Briggs and I was trained in true colors and personality dimensions. And then a whole bunch of us, some critical mass in Canada, um, a whole bunch of us said, you know, we need a retirement tool. And we decided to approach the publisher about uh, developing that and she agreed. And so we created Retirement Dimensions which is a really good introductory self-awareness tool. And those five or those four colors represent a temperament, our preferences. So it's, it's not typecasting anyone. It's not pigeonholing anybody. It's about um, how we're probably a combination of a number of these. But one, Inquiring Green, as you mentioned, sort of... Um, describes the personality type that likes to, they need to know the why of things. They, these people want to um, keep learning. They love their independence. They like knowledge. They love to do research. So, so they're probably most likely to want to keep learning in some way. 
the authentic blue personality are the people people. <laughs> they love people. They want to work with people. They want to help people. So they often choose activities that are in the helping professions or also in the any kind of volunteering where they can help people. And that's where they shine. The resourceful orange person are the uh, the free thinkers, the go with the flow, don't tie me down. Um, they tend to be the kind of people who like to work with their hands, uh, can think on their feet, great problem solvers, also good creative people. And um, the organized gold are the people who tend to... Um, um, really value being of service. So they tend to um, sort of gravitate towards service organizations, maybe in leadership roles, maybe in in some sort of service role on boards and committees. Um, and they, they find real value and a niche for themselves there. Now, your book gives great ideas and information, and the workbook portions are really useful to the reader. You give great examples that are very inspiring. Can you recap for us your 10 tips to retire to the life you love? I sure can. I'm just getting to the page here for you. All right, so I decided we needed to have a little, <laughs> sort of like you say, a little summary of, um, of some of the ideas in the book. So number one is um, for people to consider phasing their retirement instead of going straight from work to leisure, full-time work to full-time leisure, continue to work part-time or consult, contract, do contract work, temporary, casual work, start something new or your own business, um, or take on a project that interests you. Then number two is you know, it, it, we really need to start from the inside with knowing ourselves and what is most important so that we get to do what we love um, and stay true to who we are. All my workshops, I had people come saying, you know, I'm not happy where I am. It's not important to me. So it's being true to who we are, and this is the time to do it. Retire from the inside out. Number three, join a group with like interests. The easiest way to stay socially connected is um, is to join a group. Social isolation is a common concern for retirees. So um, I ask people, could a service club or a book club or some other club be in your future? Number four, nurture the family relationships and friendships you want to keep. Rekindle friendships that have lapsed and let go of friendships that no longer serve you. Number five, continue to learn something. That keeps our brain going. A new skill, new knowledge, learning keeps us mentally alert, interested in the present and future, and interesting to others. Have you always wanted to play the guitar or learn another language? If not now, then when? Give it a try. Six, keep physically active. Go for a walk, even without a dog. Cycle, swim, run, ski, try line dancing, walk to the local coffee shop, move more and sit less. That's it in a nutshell. Move more, sit less. Number seven, volunteer for a cause you believe in, formally or informally, 
locally or globally. Contribute your talent, skills, and wisdom for the greater good of your family, the community, or society. Broaden your thinking from me to we, and you will create new life meaning and purpose. Number eight, adopt an attitude of gratefulness and compassion, not only to others, but to yourself. Seek opportunities to express these daily. And, you know, you'll see life from the positive point of view. You look for for things to be thankful for. Number nine is on the next page. And my page is not turning. Oh. Okay, number nine, be creative. Yes, you can. We're all creative in our own way. Exploring what new ways you might want to express your creativity. Could it be art, music, inventing, quilting, scrapbooking, gardening, photography, writing, innovating, designing, crafting, woodworking, decorating? The possibilities are endless. Explore. Give it a try. There's nothing to lose, and who knows what you'll gain. And number 10, last but not least, Feed your soul, meditate, pray, journal, read spiritual books, be in nature, do yoga, tai chi, qigong, listen to music, all great ways to de-stress and just be. And I'd like to just leave you with this little saying that uh, is on a park bench right near my home in Fish Creek, by Fish Creek Park. Take the time to sit and ponder. Let your mind and spirit wander. Enjoy the view. Embrace the day. Remember to take the time to play. Thanks so much, Nell, for joining us today on CJSW Age-Friendly Programming. Nell's website is www.retiretothelifeyoulove.com. Hi, everyone. It's Kathy Burrell. National Seniors Day was October 1st. The Government of Canada was proud to acknowledge the lifelong contributions our nation's seniors have made and continue to make to their families, communities, and society. I've spent the last eight weeks in Kelowna. Um, I've been helping caregive uh, to my family, and uh, it caused me to to think about writing an op-ed piece, and I did for the Kelowna Daily Courier. It was called Caregiving at 80, The Good Life. Canada has one of the best healthcare systems in the world. Modern medicine has made great strides in treating some cancers, as well as contributing innovative research on a host of chronic conditions, such as diabetes. However, in my world, surrounded by grey heads, stooped backs, and blank stares, I feel as if we, as a country, are losing an important battle a battle to keep the older adults in our lives safe, comfortable, clean, and loved. When my father-in-law can no longer be cared for at home by his wife, his children, and an army of professionals at Interior Health, he will move to a facility without his wife of 65 years. That will leave my mother-in-law heartbroken and alone. According to a 2016 Statistics Canada report, There were nearly 6 million seniors living in Canada. Not all of them are in poor health. However, the possibility of developing a chronic disease does increase with age. According to UCB Canada, 
one in every 500 people are living with Parkinson's disease in Canada. And shockingly, 79% of those Canadians are 65 years of age and older. According to CARP, more than 8 million Canadians provided informal care to a family member or a friend. And shockingly, again, more than 1 million of those caregivers are age 65 or older. When my mother-in-law thanks me for washing her kitchen floor or for making a meal, I always thank her back. Because you see, I get to go home. Her work is absolutely relentless, and she's 81 years old. She's home with my father-in-law 24 hours a day. I wonder if the fact that uh, caregiving is traditionally considered women's work, the reason that so few resources are devoted to supporting those who care for people with chronic neurodegenerative diseases such as Parkinson's. I never wanted to be a nurse, or in today's parlance, I never wanted to be a caregiver. At 56, I bask in the arrogance that relative youth and the absence of chronic health problems allows me. And basically, I feel healthy and strong about 95% of the time. For the last eight weeks, however, I have lived in a completely different world. A world where two people I have known for more than 40 years have problems I hope I never experience. Watching them get out of a chair, walk into the kitchen bend down to get a pan from the cupboard. It just, it hurts me much less than it hurts them. Hearing them talk while reclined in padded chairs in the living room is like listening to an episode of Jeopardy. Father, who's in this picture? No, it's not. Isn't that my sister? Who's this? Where was this picture taken? Why can't you remember? Are you even looking at the picture? Where are your glasses? I believe my mother-in-law took the Parkinson's literature at face value when she decided the way to keep her husband awake and with her is to play an unending game of 20 questions. You know, you have to keep the mind stimulated. They have been together for more than 70 years, and I have learned to stay out of the way. The ins and outs of their relationship are their business. I'm just here to do some of the heavy lifting and contribute what I can. I tell a couple of jokes... I ask Alexa to play some Hank Snow, or some Marty Robbins, or some Elvis Presley, and I usually make them a tasty meal. Now, this meal, of course, has to be one that's easy to chew and digest. Dad, where are you going? There isn't anything in the shed you need. Where's your cane? Why not come and sit down? It's time for your pills. Do you remember, Dad? Be careful, okay? You already fell once today. Please hold on to the handrail if you're going outside. Dad, where are you going? You need to take your pills. Why is your shirt untucked? Don't open any more boxes, okay, Dad? Just leave them. There's nothing in them that you need. What are you looking at in the wall over there? Come over and sit down, Dad. Please, please. The dialogue simply never ends. This conversation is becoming more and more one-sided. And frankly, I'm sick of the sound of my own voice. All of us are exhausted, and the prospect of no improvement, rather, 
Gradual deterioration is what makes the caregiving burden so onerous. Sometimes, on a good day, and we do have good days, Dad shows us a glimpse of the funny, talented, proud man he is. I've, a couple of weeks ago, I boarded a plane back to my life. Unlike the majority of caregivers working tirelessly day after day to care for their loved ones, I got a break. I'm not going back for another week. Frankly, I never wanted to be a nurse, and Dad never wanted to get Parkinson's. So on that score, I guess we're even. It's been uh, Kathy Burrell. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. That's it for our program today. Thank you so much for listening to CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. Our program is Age to Perfection and Old Enough to Know Better. 